If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? Are you okay? I think I am. I think I am, yes, which is good, although we have a catastrophe in the house. We really do. So uh, it was time for the evening meal. It was served. Both children came down. Youngest went into the cupboard to obtain the ketchup, which he has to immerse every meal apart from breakfast in, it has to be said. Um, And there was no ketchup. There was no ketchup in the house. Now, there is a time, this is how mean I am, there was a time when I decided that he, you know, the ketchup was bad for him and that he wouldn't notice if I switched it with something else. So I extracted the ketchup from the bottle and put in its place freshly made beetroot ketchup, which was very healthy, organic, different. Well, let's just say it's a waste of a good meal because, yes, he covered his food in it, but he refused to then eat it. And to be fair to him, it was a slightly different (laughs) different colour and different taste. But, you know, my, my thought process was there. Possibly, possibly not. But anyway, yes, we're a house with no ketchup. So if you have ketchup, please send me some immediately. Please post it please email it, whatever you can do. We have no ketchup. And uh, yes, currently I'm wearing black because I'm in mourning for my sanity. So there we go. That's where we are today. But let's ignore that for one second because we have some amazing books to, to talk to you about. Well, there's five books, four of which are amazing, one of which was not my thing at all. More about that as we as we go on. Well, actually, shall I give you the names? And then you can think, which is the one that Philippa didn't think that much of? I don't know. Uh, and I can have you on tenterhooks for the, the whole episode. Yes, let's let's do it. So we have Rabbit Hole by Mark Billingham. Here's a clue. It wasn't that one that was bad. Rabbit Hole is an extraordinarily good book. Um, I won't say about the others because... <laughs> It'll spoil the surprise. Anyway, come on, Philippa, come on. So we have The Tent, The Bucket and Me by Emma Kennedy. We have The C Word, compiled by Spellbound Books. We have uh, Orly Farm by Anthony Trollope. And Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. Quite uh, quite a collation there, quite a selection. And I think I need to get straight on with the first one. So... Rabbit Hole just sounds um, 
a very different book. So Mark Billingham, we know him. He writes exceptional books, the Tom Thorne series. He's a superb writer. He's an actor. He's a musician, all sorts of things. You know, this whatever this man does, he just, it's like King Midas turns it to gold. Um, but this one is a standalone. And I always think that's interesting when a writer who has been doing a series for so long steps back and wants to write a standalone because it always feels to me like it's just been burning in them to write this book. Um, and uh, and Rabbit Hole, I think, is that. So the blurb is this. They were meant to be safe on Fleet Ward, psychiatric patients monitored, treated, cared for. But now one of their number is found murdered and the accusations begin to fly. Was it a fellow patient, a member of staff, or did someone come in from the outside? DC Alice Armitage is methodical, tireless, and she's quickly on the trail of the killer. The only problem is, Alice is a patient too. Well, my goodness, all I can say is that this is a book and a half. This, uh, it's just... It's just astonishing. You've got to read it. If you're into crime books, you've got to read this because it's just fresh. Um, it's different. It's intriguing. It's got the revelations in it that you like, but it's just fresh and different and makes you think about mental health in a very different way. Um, I thought it's it's a really, really good book. Let's let's look at the first sentence because we do like to look at the first sentence. And uh, and here we go. Um, so the first sentence, well, the first sentence, I suppose, actually, is I'm going to do it of the sort of the, the, the prologue, if you look, if you were, if you like. So here we go. I was on my way to scrounge some tobacco from Lucy, who I sometimes call L-Plate and is probably the poshest person I've ever met. Who doesn't like anyone touching her and thinks the world is flat? When I heard it all kicking off in the little room next to the canteen. Um, and what I what I love about this book as well is it really challenged me because um, you're dealing with a narrator who is a little bit quirky, shall we say, and it's, you know, what is truth? And it's a narrator that you really like and admire, but the story well, I don't. Yeah, it's an interesting story. And I just really liked it because the narrator is is she's she's got some challenges. And as you read it, you are fully exposed to those challenges. And I think Bravo, absolutely excellent. It's so different. And if I use the word fresh again, it even by saying that it won't be fresh, but it is. It's just different. And it's great. Uh, absolutely exceptional. So I think we need to talk to Mark now. So Mark Billingham, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's very nice, very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I had to talk to you about this this book, um, this wonderful, perplexing, thought provoking book. It 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 really had me hooked and not me for. For six, I, I just wondered. It's quite a change from your normal Tom Thorne books, um, and it felt like this book had perhaps been bubbling away for a while for you, and it just it just had to be written. Is, is am I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you're right. It's a it's very much a change of pace for me. Uh, very different to the to the sort of stuff I normally write, and I think I need I needed to write this for all manner of reasons. Um, 
one of which was we were in lockdown. I mean, I, I started I started tinkering with it only about a month before you know the pandemic hit, and then just wrote it very quickly. Um, I mean, obviously the pandemic has meant that while I should have been out on the road promoting the previous book and doing all sorts of events and uh, showing off on stage with the silly band of crime writers I'm a member of and stuff, um, I had nothing to do but but be at home and write. And I, I wrote this more intensely and quicker than I've, than I've ever written anything else. Oh, that's interesting because it it does sort of stand out as, I mean, all your books are great, but it does stand out for for me so it's interesting that it, it was written in that in that way I mean just looking at the story you've got DC uh, Alice Armitage on this psychiatric ward and yes it's a crime book it's a murder who did it but for me again it, it felt like there was so much more to it, there, it yeah it, it, I mean uh, it's it's the first book I've written wholly in the first person um, you know it's taken me 21 books to get around to doing that it's something I've always wanted to do. I mean, I've written parts of, of all the books in, in first person, but to be inside one character's head and in one location pretty much um, for the entire book is, is something I've never done before. And to be inside the head of someone who is extremely different to me. I mean, you know, when I'm in Tom Thorne's head, he's the kind of, you know, middle-aged guy in North London. I'm a middle-aged guy in North London. Um, this is this is very different. You know, I am, I am a long way from Alice Armitage. Um, but she's somebody I enjoyed spending time with. Enjoyed might not be the right word because of some of the stuff she she goes through and some of the stuff that's in her head because of where she is. I mean, you know, the book takes place entirely on this acute psychiatric ward um, where there's a murder and where she, uh, as a detective, is trying to investigate. The only slight hitch being that she's also a patient. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was it was a book I I've been wanting to write for a while. She she is a fascinating narrator, and again, so different to many other crime books, which makes it stand out even more. Was your plan always Alice? Was she always there at the centre of the story? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, um, you know, I might as well say up front that the reason this book was was so important was that uh, a a family member um, had had uh, spent some time in. Uh, a psychiatric ward as had a long time ago my closest friend um, so I had a wealth of stories uh, from him um, about the time he'd spent uh, I mean some of the some of the things in the book that the reader will just find absolutely bizarre and unbelievable are completely true completely completely true but also because of this family member I'd spent time myself um, uh, in the ward this is based on. Um, and, you know, I just thought I need to write about this. I mean, it was, I guess, cathartic to a degree, but also, you know, the writer in me immediately went, this would be a fantastic place to set a murder mystery, you know, where you have, where everybody's unreliable, not just the narrator, but all the suspects. And, yes, you know. uh, yes, everyone. And it it felt like you were writing from a position of knowledge, because for me, it was it was educational as well. It really made me think about mental health as as well. Um, it it it's a book that will stay with me for. Oh well, well, that's nice to hear. I mean, it is it is kind of an astonishing uh, environment, and I was helped by uh, a uh, a mental health nurse who um, helped me quite a lot 
who I got to know and who I was whose brains I, I was able to pick about you know very prosaic stuff like like medication and you yeah. know schedules and that sort of stuff but as I say most most of the rest of it was based on on first or second hand experience um in in that place and you know I mention it I mention it quite briefly in the book but the ward on which I based my fictional ward four of the mental health nurses died during COVID um so oh, that was you know uh, that was horrendous to hear but uh yeah so I, I also kind of wanted to honor the people that 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 work in these places because they do the most incredible job and did it feel cathartic as you were writing it or was it actually quite quite hard to to get it on paper? Uh, a bit of both really I mean I, I as I say I wrote it amazingly quickly and at the time I thought this could be very good or very bad you know <laughs> yeah. that, that it's just flying flying onto the page um and and touch wood it, it's come out okay I mean I just wrote it I just wrote it in this sort of rush really mm. um and uh, I, I had her voice. I kind of had her voice straight away. Um, and I should say that I've already heard some of the audio book, which has been narrated. I'm, actually, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this. I can say this because this isn't yes. really going out for a while. Yes. It's being narrated by the brilliant Maxine Peake, who oh. is just, and it was like her voice I had in my head when I was writing it. And oh, she just yeah. does the most incredible job of being Alice, of being inside this character's head. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I can just picture that. Well, or hear it, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, she, she, I'm sure, will do Alice justice. Yeah, um, she absolutely has. She absolutely has. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, uh, going um, along the, the story and the ending, we're not giving anything away. We don't want to. But did it always? Did you always know how it was going to end? Or was that uh, a surprise? No, you? no, and I never really do. And and actually, the end of the end of this book changed very radically very late on very late on I mean almost after I, I think I delivered I think I delivered a first draft and then I was talking to my editor about it and you know there was something something sort of nagging at us that wasn't quite working and then I guess what you'd call the book's final twist uh popped into my head and I thought that's that's the answer it's very difficult to talk about isn't it it's yeah. very difficult to talk yeah. about any crime novel um because there are always so many spoilers uh but yeah so the book the book was not fixed until the very very last minute how how interesting and with your usual character tom thorne does does he forgive you when you're not writing about him he does and of course he makes a little appearance in in rabbit hole it's uh that's yeah. not a shock because anybody that's read any of the standalones know, knows that he always has a little yeah. he, he just drifts through the narrative and even if he's not named I, th I think in a couple of them he's not named but anybody that's read the series will know it's him will recognize him um so yeah i think i think i think he forgives me i mean i need to do it i need to do that i need to step away and and write something else every few books um you know th those of us that write long-running series live in fear of the the day the series goes beyond its sell-by date you know you don't want to be that writer that writes a book too many or five books too many and the way to keep it fresh for me is to step away and do something else and then go back to which i did i mean rabbit hole worked perfectly i went back uh, to write the next Thorn book, which is already done, which is already done and written and, and delivered. Um, and, and again, that was quite quick. That was quite quick for me. And I think the break I'd taken to do Rabbit Hole really helped with that. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I was very excited to spend some time with, with uh, Thorn again. 
Yes, I, I bet. And I think it's interesting for people, if there is somebody who hasn't read the one of the Tom Thorne series, I think it can be hard to know sort of, it's like getting on the sort of helter skelter. At what point do you jump on? At what mm. point do you think, or oh, let's get into this book, do you start it? at the very beginning or go for the latest one so this as well in a way is a great advert for the tom thorne series because people yeah the standalones the standalones of course are, are, are perfect entry points but i mean in a way in a way you have to write every book as if it's an entry point because you can't write every yeah. you can't write book 23 presuming that everybody's read the previous 22 uh you know so you but at the same time, you have to you have to kind of honour your character's past. So you can't pretend certain things haven't happened over the previous two decades without being too, and this happened and this happened and this happened, to confuse people who haven't read all those books. So each book, I always say to people, look, you can pick any of the books up in the series and they will work as standalones, but you'll probably get a bit more out of it if you're sad and anal like me and you read them in order, um, yeah. which I always do with the series, you know. I mean, some of my favourite writers, I've discovered them by reading a later book and then looked at all the previous books at the front and gone, oh, there's loads of these, and then gone back to the beginning. And Because, you know, you're seeing, it's almost like each book is a very long chapter in a very long book. Yes. Um, and, you know, the characters change. I mean, the character changes from, from the beginning of a book to the end of the book. I don't want Tom Thorne to be the same at the end of one book as he was at the beginning of it. So he's certainly a lot different at the end of 20-odd books. Um, and, and it's great to see those characters, you know, grow and, and develop. And if you read the books out of order and you completely scrabble about, which is fine, but then, you know, you're having certain characters, you know, coming back to life who were dead and, you know, all, yeah. all sorts of weird <laughs> stuff going on. So, you know, it's, 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 probably, it's probably best to do them in order. Yes, of course. No, that, that's understandable. I mean, the, the book Rabbit Hole, it just... It, it did make me rethink my view of mental health, the sort of the voice in our heads and what we perceive to be reality. Was it your intention to educate us as well as entertain us? Uh, I, I wouldn't say intention. I mean, I think if you if you start any book with an agenda, you're, yes. you're, you know, you're probably going to write a bad book. I mean, I, you know, the story, the story is the most important thing, the story and the character, especially when you're writing in first person, because you're asking the reader to spend, you know, 400 pages with inside one person's head and that better be a person that it's fun to spend some time with um so yeah the story with the story was key i mean yeah of course you always hope that you're going to shine a little light into into some area that, that perhaps hasn't been written about very much before um and there were things i wanted to write about and it's something that's always been on the fringes of some of the books because you know it's very hard to do uh, a police officer's job you know where you're dealing daily with with pain and grief and death and loss and for that to not affect you yes and and alice is somebody who's where she is because of a you know very extreme case of post-traumatic stress disorder which is then uh you know exacerbated by by drink and drugs with you know and and she ends up you know somewhere she really really doesn't want to be and all she all she wants to do is get back to her mm -hmm. to her normal life Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, and an awful lot of the people who I encountered uh, during in inverted commas research for this book, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're in similar positions, and and it's very hard to it's very hard to know. You don't spend enough time with people to know what their journey has been. So I mean, I didn't know exactly what had led person A yes. to this position or person B. You've just got to deal with them the way they are now and you know at the time. But every 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 person I met was was fascinating. Had a had a story to tell. And I like the way you use humour. It's not a gag a minute, but it, it, there are some very funny parts to it. Uh, well, and like I say, I promise you that that some of the sort of set piece things that happen and some of the characters in the book, they're real. You know, they are they are, well, they're fictionalised versions of people uh, that people I know spent time with as it were mm. um so it's uh you know I it, some of them it, it was just there it was just there for me on a plate you know there's just thought, well, I couldn't make up anything as weird as this I couldn't make up anything as weird as without getting giving anything away the thing yeah thing is a major character yeah. in the, book. the <laughs> thing and that you know that happened that just happened to my friend and but was it hard writing it because you get the the balance so so right did that just happen or did you have to sort of you mean the humor yeah um for me there always has to be humor in these books mm. um because they would be you know unreadable they would be so bleak and so dark and humor you know humor does happen in the strangest darkest situations it absolutely does you know you certainly can't work as a copper without a very very black sense of humor yeah uh, and i certainly think you need one of those if you're working as a mental health professional um and so yeah, I wanted I wanted there to be laughter at some strange moments. Um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to it's a, it's a fine line to walk. You've got to be elegant about it. 
So you've published so many books, but this one, certainly to me, it, it feels different. As we approach publication day, are you, might you be more ner nervous than normal or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I am. I am. I mean, I've got used to the to the to the nerves that go. I mean, there's there's always nerves whenever you publish a book. You know, I think the day you're blase about it and go, oh, I've got to move on. Yes, uh, it's always fairly nerve wracking um, because you know you've spent a year writing this book and it's filled your head, but you know you can't see the wood for the trees very often. And a book doesn't exist until it's read. It's written and then it's read. Mm -hmm. You know, until it's read by people, it's just some words on a page. I need people to to read it, and I, and, and I need their reactions to it. That's important. Um, so it's always nerve-wracking. Nerve a standalone day is always a little more nerve-wracking because it's not, you know, you know that some people are going to go, oh, it's not a Tom Thorne book. But, you know, some mm -hmm. people are always a little bit disappointed they want a Tom Thorne book every year. Um, and this is the most nerve-wracking because it's a very different standalone. It's not It's not really a police procedural. We're not in police stations. There's, You know, mm -hmm. um, it's a very different book, a first-person book. So, yeah, I am... I am uh, I am biting my nails somewhat. Well, you shouldn't because it's uh, <laughs> it's very, very good. Uh, last question. You've been an author for obviously a <laughs> long time. Yes. <laughs> Is there anything yeah. that still surprises you about the world of writing and publishing? Um, I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised by how kind of generally nice the publishing industry is. You know, certainly compared to the other industries I'm familiar with. You know, I come from a a comedy background and that can be very cutthroat and and venal um as can the television industry which is the other industry i know um crime uh crime writers tend to be a pretty decent bunch um you know it's become a bit of a cliche that you know we're the party animals of the literary world and and <laughs> we we tend to get on with one another because there isn't that idea that in order for me to do well somebody else has got to fail yeah. because crime readers read voraciously and just because they've read my book, it doesn't mean they're not going to read Ian Rankins or Val McDermott or Michael Crumb. They're going to read everybody. Yeah. Um, so we all, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So so we tend to be quite supportive of one another. And, um, you know, so many of my closest friends are crime writers um, all around the world. It's a very it's a very tight-knit bunch. It's a gang. There's a kind of gang mentality, sort of us and them. You know? um, so, yeah, that that still surprises me every day when, when I see one crime writer do another crime writer a solid, you know, or be supportive or whatever um i'm always surprised on the other you know the other way around if i see a crime writer being mean about another crime writer but that's very rare and that's why it's so surprising because it's because it's very rare but yeah i'm i'm very happy to be a member of the gang <laughs> well fantastic and we're very happy to read this book so mark billingham author of uh, rabbit hole thank you very much oh thank you so much Philippa. thank you well that was that was just brilliant it's absolutely super um, an excellent, excellent book. Rabbit Hole, Mark Bellingham. If you like crime, you should be buying that book immediately. And then the next book you need to get, because this is one, I'm going to lend this to some people, but then I want it back because this is a book I'm going to be rereading and re-listening to because the audiobook is narrated by the author and it's fantastic. So it's called The Tent, The Bucket and Me by Emma Kennedy. I'd not heard of this book. It was written... I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that. I'd not heard of this book. And then on various book Facebook groups that I was on, people were saying, oh, what's the funniest book you've read? And this one kept coming up. And I thought, what can be funny 
about a, a book about camping. Let's be honest, I hate camping. If there's no ensuite with marble and lots of stars by the accommodation, it, I'm not interested. I'd rather stay at home. And this book has confirmed to me that I am correct to have that view. Uh, but it, it also brings back memories of times past and family holidays, which lead me to realise that's probably why I have that view now. Um, there are times in the book where you think this can't possibly be true because things keep going wrong, but it's just glorious. And as I say, the narration is just wonderful. It's it's the book that I have laughed out loud the most that I've had. You know, you know, when you cover your mouth because you're just laughing so much, whether I'm out walking the dog um, or just in the house, I just brilliant. And it's one that I kept wanting to listen to. It was never a burden. It was just joyful, joyous. Here's the blurb. For the 70s child, summer holidays meant being crammed into a car with grandma and heading to the coast. With just a tent for a home and a bucket for the necessities, we would set off on new adventures each year, stoically resolving to enjoy ourselves. For Emma Kennedy and her mum and dad, disaster always came along for the ride, no matter where they went. Whether it was being swept away by a Force 10 gale on the Welsh coast or falling down a squat toilet in the first few hours of a brave trip to France, family holidays always left them battered and bruised. But they never gave up. Emma's memoir, The Tent, The Bucket of Me, is a painfully funny reminder of just what it was like to spend your summer holidays cold, damp, but with sand between your toes. It, it's it's a lovely book and I can't wait because it's um, our book club, one of the book clubs I go to. It's a book club choice and and I'm so glad I enjoyed it because it was me that recommended it to the group. I hope they do as well. We're not meeting for a couple of weeks, so I can't wait to talk to them about it. Um, to have had a book that, uh, yeah, I recommended and I've really enjoyed that. Thank goodness for that. But we'll see what, what they think. But I, I just think it's a great book and... Um, if you fancy a bit of a laugh, you need to read it or listen to it because the book's really good. Again, I've had a look on um, some of the library apps. One didn't have it, but you could do this thing where you can suggest it and they'll look at getting it. And it was on another of the library apps as well. So it's worth uh, having a look. Absolutely uh, excellent. And it says it's now adapted for BBC One, the Kennedys. Well, I didn't know anything about that, but I don't don't watch it. Just listen to it or read it because I just think it's great. Um, the, the characters, the parents will stay with me, I think, for a long time. And uh, and I want to listen to it again because it's just so funny. So there we go. The Tent, The Bucket and Me by Emma Kennedy. Funny. But the, you see, now I've said it's funny. You're going to listen to it and you're going to think, well, it's not that funny. I hope you do enjoy it. Just take it for what it is. It's just, yeah, how bad can how bad can things go? It, it yeah, it's the sort of thing that would happen to me if I went on holiday. Let's let's put it like that. So, uh, yeah, see what you think and tell me. Do tell me what you think. So the next book is a collection, The C Word. And it says, for some, lockdown has been murder, uh, an anthology of murder, mystery, death and destruction compiled by Spellbound Books. Um, now, this has got some really strong authors in. It's got it's got your Ellie Griffiths. It's got your Nick Quantrill. It's got, oh, all sorts of names. Steve Mosby, um, Sarah Hillary, Nicky East, all sorts of names that just stand out as strong. But it's also got another name in here, someone who 
I don't believe has published before and yet has written a rather good story. Uh, and that person is called Tracy Means. Now, you may know or you may not know, but Tracy Means is the wife of Mr. Steve Kavanagh, who we love very much. We love his books, obviously, uh, very much on this podcast. And so when I heard that Tracy had written this and um, I just thought, I've got to I've got to get this book. I, it sounds like a, a good thing to do to support them and to see to see what where her brain goes in terms of a story and the story that she's written departing platform two is brilliant it's got the twist and the punch um it's it's just really good i think you know she, she clearly she needs to be writing more of these books and i should say it's um it's been collated during the pandemic to raise money for nhs charities which i think is uh with is an excellent thing to do so it's well worth getting that it's got these short stories so you don't have to commit yourself to the whole book you can think well today i'm going to read a story by this author and sit down and read it um and uh, yeah i thought it was really good and bravo tracy well well done onwards and upwards more more please can't wait for the next can't wait for the next one so now we're going to come on to orley farm uh, by anthony trollope I love Anthony Trollope's books. I've talked about them before, The Warden, all, all the Barchester Chronicles series. Um, and I'd had Orley Farm as a drama, an audible drama, on um, on my Audible for so long. And it's not that long. It's about three, four hours. And there was just one day I'd got a lot of driving to do. And I thought, I'm going to listen to this and see see what I think. Um, the story is... Uh, Oh, I didn't do first chapters, did I? Oh, well, too late now. Never mind. Um, the story is basically uh, along the lines of whether uh, this main character, Lady Mason, forged a codicil to her husband's will, allowing the farm to pass to her son. Um, and, and it reads, Orley Farm centres on this case of forgery and the anguish and guilt of Lady Mason. Surrounding this enigmatic woman and her apparent crime are her elderly lover, Sir Peregrine Orme, her principled but thoughtless son, Lucius, and not least, a group of determined lawyers. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's if it had gone on much longer, I don't know if I would, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had the uh, the characters that you would expect, um, sort of almost predictable in how awful they are. Um, and it was it was just a great one. I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, it was well cast, done beautifully. Um, and uh, yeah, I need to get on and I need to get on and read the book as well. Although I did have a look and the book is was it about 700 pages long, something like that, 800 pages long? So clearly they have condensed the story a lot for the audible drama. But why not? If it gives you a taste of a book and you think, yeah, I like it, I'm going to get the, the book and read the whole thing to find out what happens, then why not? But moving on to a book where I don't want to read the whole thing and find out what happens is a book called Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. This was a book I had to read as part of a book club um, and I didn't finish it. Now, it's not the, the concept of the story that was the problem. Not at all. I'm fine, to, fine for that. Um, OK, let, let's let's read the blurb. Uh, Reese nearly had it all. A loving relationship with Amy, an apartment in New York, a job she didn't hate. She'd scraped together a life previous 
generations of trans women could only dream of. The only thing missing was a child. Then everything fell apart and three years on, Reese is still in self-destruct mode, avoiding her loneliness by sleeping with married men. When her ex calls to ask if she wants to be a mother, Reese finds herself intrigued. After being attacked in the street, Amy detransitioned to become Ames, changed jobs and, thinking he was infertile, started an affair with his boss, Katrina. Now Katrina's pregnant, could the three of them form an unconventional family and raise the baby together? So the premise sounded really interesting to me. It sounded like something I would learn from, be really emotionally impacted by, and the social media is just all over this book. I'm pretty sure it's on the women's shortlist as well. So I'm hearing from so many people how great this book is. And for me, it just it just didn't work. But I think it's purely down to me. It's my fault. You know, sometimes when you start a book and well, usually when I start a book, the sort of the walls of the book surround me and I can visualise it and I'm immersed in the story. And there are just sometimes you're not able to to get those walls come up and you don't feel immersed in the story. There's some some brutal scenes that really, oh gosh, really affected me. So I just think I wasn't in the right place for this book. Clearly, it's a winner because so many people are raving about it. So I'm going to put it away. I'm not even going to give it a rating because that's really unfair when, first of all, I haven't finished the book and secondly, I, I don't think I gave it its fair, fair dues. Not deliberately, but it just... You know, it's just one of those books that just didn't work for me at that time. So I'm going to put it away and um, and then maybe in a year's time, pick it up and try again. Now, either it is a book that just isn't going to be for me, uh, but I can't put my finger on what it was. Yes, there was a brutality. But as I say, I just couldn't get into the book and I had such high hopes. I really thought I was going to love this one. Um, but see what you think. Please let me know, because clearly it's a it's a winner. Am I the loser? <laughs> I don't know. Let me know, do. We've had some crackers this time. We really have. So we've had Rabbit Hole by Mark Billingham. We've had The Tent, The Bucket and Me by Emma Kennedy. We've had The C Word um, compiled by Spellbound Books. Uh, we've had Orly Farm by Anthony Trollope. And we've had Detransition Baby by Tori Peters. And that's it. Now, if you have heard in the background the sounds of shouting, I can only apologise because I am having to record this yet again on a day where there are people in the house and uh, where there is a child on their Xbox. And as much as I have sent them little text messages downstairs saying, oh, you sound a bit loud... It's having no effect whatsoever. So you have it, you have it as I have it, you have it real. We're not in some studio booth somewhere far away. It's, uh, yes, it's just me trying to cling to sanity at home. And uh, thank you for bearing with me. And, and just thank you to these authors for these wonderful books. My goodness, we've had, you know, brilliant crime, brilliant humour, just all sorts of selections. And, you know, thanks again to Mark Billingham for coming on the podcast. So there we go. I'm leaving it now. I'm leaving you for now because guess what? We have some more great books next week and another great author interview and, drum roll, an important podcast announcement. There we go. No, don't worry, it's not stopping. Well, maybe that maybe that's a disappointment. Maybe you prefer it to stop, but no, not stopping changing evolving adapting so there we go can't wait to tell you all about that and um just have a great week look after yourselves and i'll speak to you very soon take care now bye bye you've been listening to the quick book reviews podcast 
That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.